0: Hey, one more time. Good morning. Hey, uh, my name is Pastor Art, and hey, today I'm going to be teaching us how to make better decisions uh, for 2020. But before we get there, uh, first of all, if you're a guest this morning and uh, maybe around The Rock just recently, I want to invite you to uh, someplace called the Welcome Center after services. It's back towards the front doors. Um, If you take time this morning and fill out the connection card that's inside, the welcome card, um, we have a gift for you. It's a Home Means The Rock t-shirt. Um, one size fits all? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, there's there's various sizes for various sizes, uh, so come and see us there after the service, and we would be glad to uh, make sure that you get one of these shirts, and if you're looking for uh, an opportunity to go on a spiritual journey, uh, consider us um, here at The Rock. A- as we move toward the end of the year, um, we talk uh, about end-of-year giving, and um, you may be somebody that has a plan for the year to release so many resources back to God for his being gracious um, in your life. And so we're just encouraging you, since The Rock is a free will, ties and offering church, we don't pass an offering plate, uh, we rely upon you to let God speak to you about what you want to release so that we can continue to do ministry, uh, hopefully at the level that we're doing it. And we do it, um, and we say it on a regular basis, we do what we do because we believe that eternity matters, and and if you're here today, we hope you do too, and, and there's a part that you can play in that by releasing resources this morning. It, we make it as easy as possible. Uh, there are lots of different ways to give. Um, you can give online. There's a giving kiosk. There's offering boxes also in your program today. There's something called the Mysterious QR Code. You can put your phone up to that, and somehow it connects you to um, a place where you can give I don't know how it works. I just know it works, and pray that you use it. Okay, <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for, thank you for this morning together. I know as a church we're walking into a new year, and it's um, one maybe some of us have wildly anticipated 2020 um, because it can mark um, the beginning of a new decade, and, and prayerfully it marks the beginning uh, of a different kind of life for each one of us because. Um, we make decisions that make life better, and so we thank you for this time together this morning, and ask that you give us all that we need to take in today and and make better decisions for the year to come. And pray this in your Son's powerful name, Amen. The series is called "Time to Quit." And today we're going to talk about time to quit making bad decisions. Now, if you've never made a bad decision, you are released from this morning. <laughs> OK? You can just excuse yourself, and as a matter of fact, if you've never made a bad decision, you can come back next week and teach. <laughs> I encourage you to do that. But the theme for 2020 is, the theme for 2020 is basically, better decisions fewer regrets. Better decisions, fewer regrets. And if you're like me, I've I've made decisions, like you've probably made decisions that I'd like to take back. They're, they're just out there in life. So we're gonna walk our way through a biblical story this morning. Um, I love the I love the biblical stories because I think there's I think there's so much that we can pull from them, and the reason I I love the stories is because God doesn't God doesn't generally present us with these superheroes in Scripture. God God presents us with people that work through everyday life just like us. Um, They struggle with decisions. They make bad decisions. Their mouths get out of bounds. uh, They say things and do things that all of us can relate to. And we're going to look at a story like that today, but the essence of t- th- this morning is I- I'm going to give us something hopefully that we all think about, we all know about, but maybe we haven't quantified it, and it really is this uh, on the next slide. Uh, today, I'm, I want to try to present us with four questions to ask to make better decisions. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to have a grid sort of to, to run your decisions through? I mean, we all, we all have a grid, we, you know, some of our grids are really good, and some of our grids are just really messed up. But all of us, all of us have a decision-making process. But maybe we've never, we've never really quantified it. So I, I'm going to try to walk us through a decision-making prog- process this morning uh, based on a story from John chapter 18. John chapter 18 is... A, in John chapter 18, Jesus has just been arrested, uh, and he's being hauled off to go to sort of a kangaroo court, uh, for claiming to be claiming to be the king. Um, and, and, and so Jesus is arrested. The disciples are all in a conundrum uh, because he's been carted off and he's going to the high priest's place uh, to be put on trial. And they're really concerned about him and they're really concerned about, you know, how's the kingdom of God going to arrive. And, and so this story is really about two people that are following uh, Jesus' arrest and following him to this place or this house where this trial is going to take place. And, and the two people are. are are peter and john and and this is what this this is what the story says it says simon peter and another disciple who was john followed jesus that other disciple was known to the chief priest that's john was known to the chief priest and he went in with jesus to the chief priest's courtyard peter had to stay outside then the other disciple went out spoke to the doorkeeper and got peter in the young woman who was the doorkeeper said to peter aren't you one of this man's disciples? And he said, no, I'm not. First question to ask in making a decision. Am I being honest with myself, really? Am I being honest with myself, really? I mean, he's, he's c- confronted with a question, and his immediate response is, no, I don't know him, and, and he's not being honest with himself. And and all of us have a tendency sometimes to not be honest with ourselves in making decisions. See, Peter had traveled with Jesus for three and a half years. He had been by his side. He ate with him, he slept where he slept, uh, he traveled where he traveled, he was intimately involved in Jesus' life. At one point in Jesus' life, Peter said, um, you know, I know who you are, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God, you're the one that I'm gonna follow forever. And he gets to this point, he gets to this conundrum, and, and a simple doorkeeper, a little girl, says, aren't you one of his disciples? He goes, oh, I no, I don't know the man. And, and, and so, that when, you, when we're making decisions, we, we have to be honest with ourselves, really. Now, here's me. I don't know about you, but I am the best salesperson I know. <laughs> I am. I can talk myself into anything <laughs> that I want. And guess what? You're the best salesman you know, too. Because once you see it, once you put your eyes on it, once your heart has an affection for it, you can pretty well decide at that point, I can talk myself into this and it's going to make me happy. And, And you know what? I think... Peter's beginning that process. And, and I, want to, I want to talk about three specific areas you know, in this first point. Am I being honest with myself really? I, I'm going I'm to give us the three Ds of bad decisions. All right? Number one is dumb purchases. All right? You ever made a dumb purchase? In, in other words, you got it home and you said, oh my God, what did I do? Number two. Doomed relationships. The doomed relationships are a little bit like this. Everybody else saw it coming. You missed it. Right? You missed it. And and number three is destructive habits. These are these are the these are the things that we do habitually uh, to kill pain in our lives. So let's, let's start, number one, with, do, with dumb purchases. Have you ever made a dumb purchase? Yeah, come on, we've all made really dumb purchases. And we generally made the dumb purchase because we weren't being honest with ourselves. Um, I, can, I can remember a time when my bride and I, we, we just moved into a, a new house, and we decided that we're gonna put a sofa sleeper um, in a guest bedroom. Um, and and I, I think it was kind of a really crazy idea because w- we don't have friends and don't like people anyway so why <laughs> no I'm, it's a joke okay what, the, we say on occasion maybe we'll have somebody over okay and uh, just you know spend the night you know family member kids or something and so so we went to more furniture and we're kicking around knocking around like you do in a furniture store and and there isn't anything that's not for sale in a furniture store right, everything is on sale, everything is on clearance, Um, everything is brand name, and and so we go into this furniture store, and we get the furniture store, and we start looking at different uh, uh, sleeper sofas, and and so we see this sleeper sofa that we think we like, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I don't know how these salespeople do it, it's like they come out of the cushions, they're all of a sudden, they're they're just right there, you go, oh wow, where did they come from, and and it was someone we knew from the church that we were going to. Um, and so we started having this conversation about this uh, sofa. Uh, and pretty soon we realized that based on who he was, we weren't going to be able to say no. <laughs> be- because... You know, after all, he goes to the church, and I, I didn't want him to think, you know, that we're, um, I don't, you know the pressure you feel, right? You just feel like, should. I'm obligated, I'm here, I'm in the market, it's a brand name, it's on sale, he's a good guy, and, and, we, and we bought it and had it delivered, and it finally got delivered to our house, put it in the room that we were going to put it in, and it looked like the Titanic, it didn't even fit in the room, And, 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 and then we said, oh, my God, should, should we just eat it? I mean, kind of, it's going to be embarrassing to call him up now and say, you know, we were, we were dumb. We, we let you talk us into it. We knew it was too big. It probably wasn't the right color. And all of a sudden, you find yourself, uh, because we weren't honest initially and said, you know, we feel like we have to buy it because you're an acquaintance. We made a really dumb purchase. And, and, and sometimes the things, doomed relationships have to do with uh, honesty as well. R- relationships are generally doomed because there's a lack of trust because there hasn't been, because there hasn't been honesty. You know, in, in Peter's case, in the relationship he had with Jesus, um, he, he wasn't honest. And, and when it came time for public disclosure, Someone said, Is he your friend? Aren't you one of his disciples? He says, No, uh, he's not my friend. Um, he requested me as a friend, but I never accepted his request. I I, um, I I saw his page and I thought, wow, it's pretty intriguing, but I never liked it. I never clicked it on and everything, you know, it, what you think of me is completely false um, because in the moment I want to be who I am and I don't want to have to deal with all the consequences of this. And sometimes in, in, in doomed relationships, things are the same. Th- I, I heard a story about a, a guy and a gal um, engaged, getting married. Um he, he bought her now listen there's nobody in the in the church, so I want you to know I'm not telling any church stories this morning. I'm not telling anybody in the church, all right? Um he bought her a six thousand dollar diamond ring as an engagement ring. And she said, Really? This is this is it. Uh <laughs> if you if you continue down the road you're not being honest with yourself you're you're saying well maybe it was just a misunderstanding um maybe maybe it was a bad day maybe you know she's she she just wasn't thinking it through maybe she had a headache maybe there's some some things going on and all of us all of us all of us all of us know and have seen what i don't want to call them red flags necessarily but they're yellow flags they get raised up the flagpole during a relationship and you say ah it's all right we're going to smooth it over We're going to fix this thing. Um, We're going to have a better understanding as things go on. And as things go on, all the cues and all the signs... you know, the, the you know, interfering with communication, um, you know, the, the family intervenes, all these things that kind of creep up. And you, you say, you know, all along, I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna tough it out. I'm gonna tough it out. It's really not as bad as I think. And what I'm doing is I'm not really being honest with myself, and guess what? The relationship is gonna be doomed at some point in time because I failed to be honest with myself. And, and the last one is destructive habits. Destructive habits are g- generally um, emotionally prompted. Let's put it that way. Gen- de- destructive habits are emotionally p- prompted. In in other words, there's some kind of uh, there's some kind of pain that crops up in my life, and and I'm going to do whatever kills the pain the quickest. And whatever kills the pain the quickest becomes addicting. And that's, the th- that's my go-to thing whenever I run into this, these tough spots. And when I run into these tough spots, here, here's, what, here's, what I t- here's what I tell myself sometimes, okay? I tell myself something like this. Destruct- destructive habit. I say things like, I've worked really hard this week. I deserve a maple bar on Sunday mornings. Right? Right? We, we can talk ourselves into anything. And, and, and if, every, if every time I felt like I worked really hard or every time I felt like things were going really bad, I moved towards something that kills the pain, and in this case, it's a maple bar and lots of sugar, then what happens is that becomes addicting and becomes a painkiller in my life, and all of us have our painkillers. I've worked, I've worked really hard this week. I deserve to drink my way all the way through the weekend. So, I can start fresh on Monday, right? Fresh on Monday. Um, see we're because of the because of the human condition, we can sell ourselves anything. And the first question we need to ask when we're trying to make a decision is, am I being really? Honest with myself, really. Really. And here's a suggestion. If you can't answer the question, find somebody that you know and trust and who knows you better, maybe, than you know yourself. And then walk them through the scenario that you're thinking about, and ask the question of them: "Am I being really honest with my? Am I being honest with myself really?" And listen to what they have to say. That's not the end of this story with Peter. That Peter makes a transition, and, and the transition is here: the servants. And police had made a fire because of the cold, and were huddling there, warming themselves. Peter stood with them, trying to get warm. Now, now here's here's the story. Peter Peter now has moved inside the courtyard, and inside the courtyard, there's there's a glimpse, there's a glimpse of the trial, there's a glimpse of what's going on with Jesus. And, and and so his primary concern at this point is is I'm I'm trying to warm myself and I'm I'm in I'm in with the crowd. And it, it says, Meanwhile, Simon Peter was back at the fire, still trying to get warm. The others there said to him, uh, Aren't you one of his disciples? And he says he denied it. He says, No, not me. And then continuing on. One of the chief priests' servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had just cut off hours before in the garden, uh, didn't I see you in the garden with him? And Peter says he denied it. And just at that point, the rooster crowed. And and we know when the rooster crowed, Jesus had already uh, predicted that Jesus would that Peter would deny him three times before the rooster crowed that night. And so here's here's the next question to ask ourselves when we're making a decision what what story do i want to tell with my decision am i being honest with myself really and with this decision what story do i want to tell and and here's here's what we're dealing with in this story in this story in particular it's peter he knows what's at stake He knows what's at stake based on the very direct questions he's being asked. And sometimes in the middle of a decision we're we're making, we know what's at stake too. And, And there's a decision that we have to make when we know what's at stake. Every decision is a fork in the road. And when we get to the fork in the road, we have to ask ourselves this question. Am I making a decision that's based on present comfort? Now hear me. Is this decision based on my present comfort or my future character? Am am I making a decision like Peter made a decision? What what was Peter's decision all about? Peter's decision in denying Jesus was about present comfort. He says, I'm gonna give the answer that makes me feel good right now. And you know what makes me feel good right now? It makes me feel good right now to be in the middle of a crowd. All right, are you with me? In other words, It's easier to run with the crowd than it is to stand out. Also, he he was trying to make himself comfortable. He was trying to make himself comfortable because I'm not so sure he was all that concerned about the trial. What he was concerned about was blending in and staying warm. And then the last part of it is, and we all do it. We all do it. We We all ask ourselves this question. In our minds, when we make a present comfort decision, we always ask ourselves this question we're continually looking at calculating the odds that we'll get away with it right what's it going to take what's it going to take for me to pull this off what's it going to take for this to work in my life? this present comfort you know being in the crowd you know kind of thing. And, and, and any time and every time we make a decision, any time and every time, even the simplest of decisions, it always has to do with present comfort versus future character. Do, the question sometimes is, do I want to look good today versus do I want to be good in the future? Do I want to look good today, or do I want to be good in the future? What story do I want to tell? You know, every decision you make, every decision I make, tells a story of some kind. And I, be, I, I need to think through that decision because eventually I'm going to tell a story about it. Eventually. I can remember back last century <laughs> when I was, eight, I was 18 years old. 18 years old, I'd left, I left a small, uh, my, my small town in southern Nevada to come to school here at, at UNR. I, I, was, I just turned 18, and, you know, I was sort of a, well, let's just put it bluntly. I was really a baby. I was a baby. I mean, I, I grew up in a small town with 5,000 people, and the, and the, and the skids were greased my whole life. I had it easy. Um, I, the, the people I graduated from high school with were the same people that were in my kindergarten picture. That, I mean, that's what it was like. Um, there wasn't a lot of turnover in the town. It wasn't a transient town. There was no gambling in the town. There was no alcohol um, in the town. Um, uh, and, and so it was one of those, you know, basically for the first 18 years, I grew up in a cocoon. It was really simple. But but I'm going to be the big man on campus, and I'm getting, the, I'm getting out of Dodge and going to school somewhere else, right? Every, anybody ever done that? I'm getting out of this, you know, two-bit town, and I'm going somewhere and, you know, make, you know, make something out of myself, and so I get to, I get to Reno, I get to UNR, um, and, and begin to uh, be assimilated into the college, the college lifestyle, the college, the college atmosphere, And, and I was on campus, you know, freshman orientation, going through all that kind of stuff, and, and, and pretty soon, you know, my classes weren't working out, my roommates were all jerks, I wasn't. They were. All right. I wasn't a jerk. They were jerks. Um, it, it, um, it, it, it was tough um, b- because you know you have to set your own alarm when you go to school, and you have to get yourself up, and you have to get yourself showered, and and it was terrible. And so one one day, one day, hadn't even really started classes all that much yet. I called my dad. And said, I, I can't take it anymore. And he said, what's going on? So I, I you know, I, waned, I whined and complained and I exaggerated things way beyond where they really were. Okay, because that's what we do when we're selling ourselves to something. And, and he said, so what do you want to do? And he, I said, I want to come home. And he said, well, fine, come home. And I got mad. I said, why are you making this so easy? You know, so I slammed down the phone and I said, I'm not going home. I, I am sticking this out. I don't care what it takes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my nose to the grindstone and I'm going to do my four years here and I'm going to get out of Dodge and, and, and begin life. What was that? I want to go home statement all about it, it was about present comfort it, it was about me making a decision that would be easy would be a, a relief i had regrets about going and and going home was supposedly going to provide some kind of relief in 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 my story and and that's that's what we're talking about this morning. When you make a decision. Even, even what seems like. The most fundamental. And the simplest of decisions. I want to go home. Versus I'm going to stay. I have no idea. Where I would be today. If I had gone home. But I love the story. I get to tell now. Because it's made all the difference. In the world to me. Because. I didn't want to choose happy versus a choice that would make me healthier over the course of my life. And see, we're all we're all faced with those kinds of decisions. We're all faced with decisions that that we have to make in the moment, in the in the split moment, do, do do I choose Happiness as my decision or do I choose a decision that's going to be a little bit tougher but I'm going to be healthier down the road because I choose to take the higher road? And and I bet everybody in the room, you can go back and you can look at a decision moment in your life and you can say it seemed like a really simple, fundamental, rudimentary decision at the time, but I want you to know that decision, because I didn't choose comfort, changed the direction and the tenor and the tone and the tempo of who I am today. And I'm so grateful that I didn't choose easy. I think it's a great. Which story would you rather tell? Which story would you rather tell? I. I how many love telling stories? Hey, hey, I want to tell you about the time that I took the low road in life. <laughs> huh? How many? When's the last time you told the told low road story? Nobody likes to tell those stories. Why? Because they look. They make you look like a, a, a quitter or a compromiser. There. There's so many decisions that we make. And if we begin to run our decisions through, am I being honest with myself, really? And what story do I want to tell? Things will change, but there's more. There's two more questions. And the, the text goes on like this. The text goes on, then, then, then Peter got really, he got really nervous and swore. All right. Have you ever made a decision and and in your nervousness of that decision, all of a sudden you blare out some uh, profound four letter words that 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 you use all the time. But you just don't want other people to know you use them all the time. Right. You all of a sudden you just break out and and he was nervous, which means that there there was some pressure on him. I don't want I don't know the man. Then a rooster crowed. We already covered that. Peter remembered that Jesus had said before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. He went out and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. cried. The text is literally translated, he wept bitterly. He was so emotionally distraught, so emotionally distraught that it's described as uncontrollable grief, um, an emotionally embarrassing public outburst, a flood of emotions and feelings, and some commentators even feel that he was so grieved at his decision he threw up. That's pretty gripping. And, and sometimes in decisions. This is the great question. Is is there attention that deserves my attention? In, in other words, am I so distraught over the decision? A- am, I so, am I so nervous? Am, am I so out of sorts? Am I so beside myself that I, I wish I could throw up to feel better or I cry uncontrollably or I do other things that just, you know, hope it will go away? You know, sometimes when we have this tension that deserves attention, we think that, well, you know, if I just sleep on it for like two years, it's going to be okay right? If I sleep on it for two years, it's going to be okay, and I'm going to get past the tension associated with, with that decision. And that's not generally the way it works, because regrets, now listen, regrets that we have require relief, because regrets just don't go away on their own. They, they just don't disappear. There's, there's nothing about bad decisions that gets fixed with time what what kind of what kind of tension are you going to see in january that's going to require your attention just think about it you know all all of us all of us want to sort of trip into the new year in other words we're just going to go from 19 to 2020 and, and we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna stumble our way in and, and we're gonna say, gosh, just the new year is gonna make things different in my life, right? It's not. It won't. We, we have to do things differently next year in order for us to, let me, let me, let me give you, let me, uh, let me ask you a question. In 2020, I'm gonna give you two words. You pick the one that you want for you in 2020 survive or thrive what what, who who picks survive nobody why because we want to thrive and we thrive you know when we deal with the grief that we're feeling sometimes over decisions that have been made and you're going to feel some tension that requires attention um, probably about the 15th of january you're going to get your Citibank bill for christmas You are, everybody's. Everybody's going to get their. Everybody's going to get their. um, My my mom used to call it. Everybody's going to get their comeuppance (laughs) when the bills come in. All right, and 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 when you open that bill, there's going to be some tension associated with that that requires some attention on your part in order to begin to deal with it. And and you need to begin to deal with it right away. And the and and the question is, how are you going to resolve the tension? Couple ways. I'm going to put it in the drawer so my bride doesn't see it. <laughs> All right? I'm going to make the minimum payment, which is sort of like, pardon the expression, kissing your sister. It just doesn't work. Or you can say, I am in big trouble here. I I need to give this tension some attention and maybe for the first time in my whole life begin to be accountable for my resources. And it's going to happen. In the room, I know there are people who are going to be opening those bills and they're going to say, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to give you, uh, just as a quick side note, right right now that if if there's some tension that requires attention with respect to resources in your life um this this month at the rock um we're, we have a, a budgeting class that's going to take place over a couple of weeks um russ hahn is russ here today where's he? yeah russ is right there right there in the center russ russ is going to teach this budgeting class and you know what um if there's a tension that requires attention then you begin to move in the direction of rather than just being terrified by your bill you begin you begin to deal with it in a in a systematic biblical fashion that eventually um won't just relieve the tension monthly it'll take all the tension away because all tension requires attention there there are lots of areas in life where you know, we get surprised by things, and this t- a ten- this tension gets created. Um, this, this past this past summer, may- maybe it's a health issue. Uh, I, I worked my way through a, a little bit of a health issue. The middle of this year, um, I had a cardiologist appointment, um, and prior to my car- cardiologist appointment, eighteen months before that, I had. Um, I can't remember if it was an MRI or CAT scan or whatever it was, and, and, and he, my doctor got the results, and my cardiologist got the results of that, of that scan. Um, my primary doctor never, never followed up. Um, I sat down with my cardiologist, and my cardiologist <laughs> looked at me and said, so did you ever deal with that aneurysm? I went, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, your, your scan says that you have a, a subclavial aneurysm. And I said, I, 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 I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And he said, well, you better have it looked at. And I thought, have I been walking around for 18 months like a ticking time bomb with an aneurysm that a radiologist somewhere knew about but never got communicated to me during that period of time? And so what happens, ge- what happens generally what happens generally is is when there's tension that requires attention, it, it, it initially is sort of terrifying. You say, well, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And what, after the terrifying, you have to go back for other scans, and the other scans eventually proved out that some radiologist somewhere overreached in his reading of the initial uh, scan, and it, th- that Whatever they said existed, as far as an aneurysm is concerned, didn't exist. And so I went from terrifying to pursuing clarifying. And that's what, that's what we have to do when it comes time to reduce the, reduce the tension. We, we have to accept the fact sometimes it's just plain terrifying. Then we have to have the guts to say, I'm going to do whatever I can possibly do to be clarifying and get to the bottom of this and get this thing answered and over and, and done with. The first three questions I- Am I being honest with myself really? What story do I want to tell? And is there attention that deserves my attention? Are all pretty easy. A- as a matter of fact, those those three questions that they, they don't even require uh, a relationship with God. Our relationship with Christ they're things that you can work through wi- without, um, w- without having any spiritual background or understanding whatsoever because they, they reduce regret they reduce regret and, and lower the ratio of bad decisions that you'll make but let's get to the last one. The story continues, but it, it continues a little bit later on in John. Let me give you the context. The context is, is that Jesus has been tried, uh, crucified, died, buried, and been resurrected. Uh, all that has taken place. And, and everybody, um, besi- except for Peter, ha- has had a glimpse of, or Peter has at least heard the story, that the Savior, that Christ ha- has risen um, but but Peter, after his his uh, denying Christ, um, decides to make a wise decision, and rather than continue in ministry, he goes back fishing. All right, he he goes back to his fishing occupation. So he's fishing one night, and, and there's this person on the there's this person on the beach, um, who they finally figure out is Jesus, and and Peter recognizing that it's Jesus. This is what happens. Then the disciple um, Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the master. He's, He's calling us. He's calling us. Key point. Peter had a choice. If Jesus is calling me after I've been who I was, denying him, rejecting him, telling stories about him, c- completely abandoning him. You know, when that happens, you've got a choice. I can face the music or I can stay fishing. And Peter, it says here, when Peter realized that it was the master, he threw on some clothes for he was stripped for work and dove into the sea to go meet Jesus. Here's the question. What would be most honoring to God in your decision? What would be most honoring to God? I I want you to know personally that sometimes the best decisions we can make are, I didn't make the best decision earlier. The best decision we can make is to tell ourselves, I could have made a better decision had I considered the three, three previous questions plus what would be most honoring to God. And, and here, here's, what, here's what happens to us as people. I know it it, ha- it happens to me it could have happened to Peter but Peter made a choice Peter made a choice to walk back the talk back He made a decision to walk back the talk back In uh, in other words he made a decision to 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 rethink what he had done and go and face the music and and that generally is what's the most honoring thing to God, is to say, you know what? I blew this thing. I blew it. I made all the excuses. I found all the reasons. Justifications you know, you know, you've done it, I've done it, everybody's done it. You know, we make a snap judgment or we make a snap decision because of our present comfort and all of a sudden, sometimes the wheels just come off and we don't realize, you know, how far we've just skidded down the road uncontrollably and and have never effectively dealt with the tension. Which would you rather be? Would you rather be right or would you rather be contrite? And, and, and here's what happens sometimes. It's happened to me. It's happened to people that I know. It's happened to people that I've, you know, worked with and dealt with. But, but sometimes we get so out of bounds that we draw a line in the sand and we forget to bring an eraser. And I think one of the things that's the most honoring to God is that we be willing in in the face of embarrassment, in the face of shame, in the face of feeling guilty or overwhelmed at the moment, that we just say, I could have made a better decision. You know, at one point at one point Peter's talking to Jesus. Jesus says, "Who do you think I am?" And they said, "Well, the you know, the people in town think you're this and, the, and some say you're a prophet, some say you're a great teacher and a wise man." And and Peter Peter stood up and and said uh, you're the you're the christ you're the son of the living god and and you know what jesus's response was his response was on this rock i will build my church And a lot of times we want to look at it and say the rock is really just the faith that Peter has, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the one that came to rescue people from their sins. But I'm going to tell you, I think it might be in addition to that. On this rock I will build my church. You know what the rock is? I I think the rock... Is is people who knowingly, willingly, and publicly say, uh, "I recognize the wrong that I've done, and I want to make things right." To me, that's a rock of a person. I I, w- I would rather deal with someone like that all day long th- than someone that's just going to bury their heels in the sand and and be drug along by the consequences of life. And and I genuinely believe if all of us were willing to say, if I had it to do all over again, I'd do it differently. And if we do it differently then there's issues that we need to go back and admit and make things right. Four good questions. I, I pray for us, you know, as a ministry, I pray for us as a church, that as, as we move our way into 2020, that that these just aren't a sunday morning um here's four questions put them in your back pocket everything is good let's go home and continue life we we're, we're going to dig into them deeper and deeper deeper and deeper this this closing song uh is 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 a good reflective song for us today because we can all say yes to this and what happens sometimes is when we get outside the building or we get into our week, we stop. And, and all of a sudden, get back, sucked back into the crowd, get sucked back into comfort, get sucked back into calculating what I can get away with this week. And, and this song really kind of sets us up for not doing that. Um, it's, it's called uh, Don't Stop, Don't Stop Now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning together. And we pray for us as a church and as individuals that um, we set our heart on and our direction this year on on making better decisions and having fewer regrets. And we thank you in your son Jesus' name, amen.